0: Hello, Mac and Cheese Maniacs. We're going to do something a little different on this week's Mac and Cheese Movies. Top fives. But not just top fives. It's a top five draft. Top five movies of all time. They can be action, they can be classics, cult films, horror, indie, whatever you want for whatever reason, because it's your top five. You don't need to be a snob and only go for what the critics said or what your idiot friend thinks. This is your top five. But there's a twist. We're also doing a draft all the way to our number one, starting from five. We don't know what each of us have in our top fives, so if someone chooses something in your top five, it can't be used again. So we've extended into our top ten just in case someone takes any of our picks off the board. So this is how it's all going to go down. We'll do a coin flip, and it'll start with our top five. We got Shannon here. Shannon Coppedge.
1: Yeah. I definitely only picked six, so I hope (laughs) none of you (laughs) took them.
0: And we got Ricardo Sandoval. How's it going, guys? We're also, I might get a coin here in a second for the coin flip. We're also drinking some lovely Thrive coffee. Like to introduce you, I, w- I would like to introduce you all to something that's not only delicious, but also makes an impact. Thrive Coffee is a nonprofit craft coffee roaster who uses coffee to create careers and training opportunities for individuals with disabilities. Thrive's coffee beans are locally roasted in small batches to ensure the highest quality, and they ship nationwide. Just three bags sold pays for one hour of work for their differently abled employees, so I encourage you to check out their website at drinkthrive.org to buy a few bags today. As an added bonus, if you go to drinkthrive.org and use promo code Mac and Cheese at checkout, then you'll get 15% off your first order. Again, that is drinkthrive.org, promo code Mac and Cheese. Let's support this great cause.
1: All right. Yeah. I've really been enjoying it. We ground up some beans this morning and uh, we're we're sipping it during our podcast recording.
0: We're having the Columbia, that's single origin, flavor notes, cherry floral. Can you taste the cherry floral
1: in it? No, I'm not a coffee snob. So, I mean, like, I know it's good, but anything past that, I'm just going to be out of my depth, I think.
0: I can't smell the cherries or taste the cherries
1: either. Yeah. You know, like I'm mm-hmm. getting hints of coffee and uh, it's a little stronger than what we usually do. We took an espresso class like several years back and we were like, oh, we totally get the difference between quality of coffee. Um, but that's about as far as we've taken it. We enjoy it. We can't differentiate really so much. But this is very, very good. And it's not, it's not a super bold roast. So... I enjoy that. I, I'm more of a light to medium kind of person. On
0: the, on the light to medium, it has two little colored
1: beans. Out two five, out of five. Two out of five. So that's just shout right, out right in my wheelhouse. Two out of five beans. beans. <laughs> <laughs> Wanted to get involved here. <laughs> yeah, so I, I would recommend. I would recommend the uh, Columbia Single Origin. Where was it made? It was um San San, San Augustine. Julia. Julia.
0: Hmm. I don't know who that is.
1: I don't either. We should have probably done some more research. (laughs) Next time. Next time.
0: On the next batch. Life goals. What What we had talked about was like we would talk about the movie. We would talk about director, actors, release date. Like when you first saw it. What it meant to you versus what it means to you now. Maybe why is it a top five for you. You know, first thing that comes to mind when you think about this movie. Favorite scene. What's something you would tell someone. About This movie and we don't have to go through all of these, but like this is a kind of a general framework for us um, Let's talk about like our criteria. Um, what did you use for like? For how how did you
2: pick Ricardo? It's a really good question because at first I started thinking of my favorite actors and then I uh, About 10 minutes into that line of thinking I had to leave that line of thinking because there's been some great acting performances I did cable guy with you last time great. Act, great one of the greatest acting performances of all time but that's not a top ten or you know even a one hundred movie. So guys like Daniel Day Lewis, Marlon Brando, who give outstanding performances, are not necessarily in outstanding movies. Uh, James Dean's another one that falls into that category. So um, one of the things I realized is okay, just start naming your top movies, your stop down movies. What movie would you catch on TV and you would just stop down and watch no matter what, or you talk about it, or it's pretty powerful to you. And so I based my list off of that. No no matter what it was, comedy, drama, action, I just based my criteria on, is this a stop down movie? Is this a movie that I would tell my kids to watch? I get excited about telling people that have never seen it to watch it. I quote it a lot. Uh, so that kind of narrow criteria is what I went with.
1: Yeah. Kind of in that same vein right there, because mine are, it's like more comfort movies. So when you've had like a rough day or week or month or something, it's like, What do I want to watch? Those are some ready fallbacks or just thinking of it, you know, something reminded you of it and you're like, you know what? I think I'm going to watch that tonight.
2: (laughs) So what you're saying is it's a mac and cheese movie. It's a mac and cheese. It's a
1: comfort movie. That's right. (laughs) Absolutely. That's, that's where I come with it, you know, and there are movies that I love that are great movies and they're not on my top five because they're not just ones that I've just worn, almost worn them out. You know, because I might watch them multiple times, but I don't watch it. I think it's the quantity of times I have watched them by choice. Right. You know, (laughs) I mean, we should probably put that by choice. Not that anybody's, I don't know, tying me down and making me watch movies. Although if somebody was going to do that, it would probably be Scotty.
2: (laughs) What about what kind of criteria did you use, Scotty? This is what I use because
0: I was, you know, I'm kind of like y'all, like kind of... Maybe it, just because something won Best Picture doesn't mean that it's like the best movie that year or something I really want to see all the time. So this is how I've I've devised like a little like a little rubric here. <laughs> I got some M Ms, and this is how it's all gonna go down. Uh, this,
1: this sounds like a very Scotty rubric. I got some M Ms. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes. Was I blown away in the theater on fir- or on first viewing? Okay. One M M&M. M. That's gonna be one M M&M. M. Did I see it multiple times in the theater? That's another Eminem. Yeah, because that's okay. an investment. Um Did I have it on tape or DVD? M M&M. M. Did I have a poster of it? M M.
1: Somebody's getting real deep with this. <laughs> this is
0: deep. Yeah. Have I had a birthday party theme for it?
1: <laughs> wow.
0: M M&M. and M. And then is it a durable good? Is it still great all these years later or does it change over time? Does like,
2: it does it hold up? Yeah, does it
0: hold up? Yes. Um, so that's that's how I and even and maybe my number one won't have the most M and M's, but I was like I wanted to think of some kind of clever way to talk about these movies instead of just I love it. Uh. Right,
1: it's one of my favorites. It makes me feel good. <laughs> right, <laughs> <laughs>
2: I get it. That's that's very good. It's like the uh, scientific method.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah, now. with M and M's. With M very, very scientific here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay.
2: All right, Scotty, take are we it gonna, away. We're we are we gonna, gonna, gonna we flip. Gotta,
1: we got to flip. Okay. So have some quarters. Um, so, what what are we going for? Is it heads or tails? Like, because I feel like we should choose um, because there are three of us and we're gonna have to flip multiple times. I don't want this to take like a thousand years. So, How should this go.
2: Let's and, Shannon and I flip, and then um, we'll say heads. And we'll say heads. So, whoever gets heads,
1: then that will go against Scotty,
2: and then you have to lose twice, and then you if you lose twice, you're the third person to go. You ready okay
1: heads oh no we gotta go again <laughs> this is why i got multiple i tell drinks.
2: you what call it near you okay. call it
1: heads it's, oh, it's tails.
2: tails so now it's scotty and i scotty I call it that. near call, oh, are you, are you, call it near yeah i'll flip tails i got heads it's just this one heads so now that means i've won twice uh-huh and now you two go to see who goes second okay
1: I feel like i'm gonna flip this quarter in your coffee, coffee. Yeah. <laughs> i saw that i'm gonna try to get
0: into the m&m glass here we go okay
1: tails i got tails i got tails to you all right
2: so shannon goes i go first gotta go second shannon goes third Aww. so much for shivery I, I was
0: i was messing with shannon a few weeks ago when we were talking about this i was like I'm gonna take I'm gonna take all your picks just to like he, jack he ab- you up because he
1: absolutely knows which ones they are because I watch them a lot. Right, you know, over the years I have watched them many times. In his, you're products. at
2: a major disadvantage going third and living with the host.
1: Right, exactly, and I I, I got pretty upset. I was like, "Don't you dare!"
2: Okay, so, so Ricardo, I get to go first. We go in descending order, right? I would tell you my five. Yeah, you tell
0: your five. Okay. Because yeah. that, that, that
2: makes it kind of <clears throat> suspenseful Very good for the show. My number five movie of all time is 12 Angry Men. And if you haven't seen 12 Angry Men... One second here. It was released in 1957. This is the original movie version, not, not the television version that got remade in the 90s. It was released in 1957... It had Henry Fonda in it and L and Lee J Cobb. That's Lee middle initial J last name Cobb. If you see Cobb in any other movies, you'll know it's him. Um, Honestly, he makes this movie. He's sort of the villain, if you will, in this movie. But part of why this is my favorite movie is because it has, it's a black and white movie. It has the suspense. It keeps you guessing it keeps you wondering. It's well written, and the characters, the character development in this movie is absolutely amazing. How you follow each character from start to finish, and it, it's when I first saw it. I think I was a, a teenager. I think we watched it in class, and and I was just I was probably the only one that was enthralled with it, and just immediately went and 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 got the book from the library. And I just wanted to keep watching it again and again and again. To this day, it's probably, definitely, obviously, my top, one of my top five movies. So, 12 Angry Men. Have you guys seen it?
1: I think so, but it has been a long time.
2: Okay. I've seen it. I've seen it. I've
0: also seen the play done. Mm-hmm.
1: I've seen the movie... I feel a little uncultured because I have zero black and white movies on my list. <laughs> and now I'm feeling real bad about myself. Thanks, Ricardo. I think,
2: um, it would be a good movie to do a, uh, mac and cheese segment with. Yeah. I, re- I really think it's, and I, I wanted to stay away from, you know, on the waterfront streetcar name design. I wanted to stay away from classic movies that, you know, like, you know, black and white just, just to try to sound like a movie guy or something or like a historian but uh, and I did for the most part but this movie it it stayed with me and it's I think it's one of the all time greatest movies as far as character development in a movie that I've ever seen it's
0: incredible it's incredible.
1: incredible that's awesome you set a you set a high bar yeah
2: <laughs> alright Scotty you're up
0: I've got some cards here some note cards and I'm
1: like here. You've got some note cards. Yeah, it isn't a, a po- Scotty podcast without like the rustle of paper. <laughs> <laughs> My number five is
0: Beverly Hills Cop.
1: <laughs> so we've got 12 Angry Men, Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah, I don't think we're going to have a whole lot of steals on this <laughs> one. <laughs>
2: <laughs> A little different taste around this table. All right, educate us on Beverly okay. Hills Cop.
0: Director, Martin Brest. Actor, Eddie Murphy. Release date, 1984. My dad had it on VHS in this huge cabinet full of tapes. And that's something I watch like every summer. And you, you, this is like Eddie Murphy...
2: He was still doing Saturday Night Live, I
0: believe. I it was after. I think he was done. He was done with okay. Saturday Night Live at this point. But this is like when he becomes this huge movie star, okay. and then right. his next ten years are just incredible. But but of those, Cop is great. It's still great. So what do we got here? Um,
1: oh yeah, M and M's. Okay, give was it I blown us. away
0: in the theater first viewing. I mean, it's good. I don't think. I don't think I knew. Hey, you're gonna be watching this the next forty years. Um, so I don't know. I don't know about Does that. that.
1: Deserve an M M&M? and M.
0: No, 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 no. Okay. Did I have it on tape DVD? Yeah. We had it in the the cabinet of VHS tapes. One. (laughs) Very good. Did I have a poster of it? No. Have I had a birthday party theme for it? No. Is it a durable good? Is it still great all these years later? I think so. (laughs) Axel Foley.
1: (laughs) Axel Foley.
2: I smell a birthday party theme coming. I do
1: too. Scotty actually, when we first started dating, said, like, what was it? He said that I was Axel Foley. He was like, you're like Axel Foley. And there's only been kind of one situation where any of this came into play. Um, And I actually like, he was like, you're like Axel Foley right now. Um, And it was talking my way onto a bus. Um, (laughs) Where were we at? We were like in Portland. Yeah, we were in Portland and I had the app, the bus like app on my phone and it wasn't scanning and I was just like, no, but I've got it. And they just let me on um, after, like, a very long amount of, like, talking back and forth. They were just like, whatever, just get on the bus. I don't feel like that was a- Axel Foley-esque.
0: Shannon's whole life is, like, Axel Foley. Like, I'm thinking about the scene in, like, Beverly Hills Cop 2 when he's like, I'm Axel Foley, Beverly Hills Building Inspector, and gets, like,
1: the, them to stop doing <laughs> right. construction. And he's, like, living in that house while he's there for a week. Like, And I feel like the... You know, I completely have failed in this estimation because it was like I'm Axel Foley. My bus pass doesn't work. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, what's the um, what's the one scene in this movie that you that's your favorite that kind of stuck sticks with you today? Like, if if you tell somebody that's never seen the movie, what do you tell them?
0: Mm. I like all the stuff with. Axel Foley and, like, Rosewood and Taggart. Um, I think those guys are keys to the movie. Netflix is going to do a Beverly Hills Cop 4. I hope those guys are in the movie. I don't... Yeah. We we saw what it's like when they're not in it in, like, Beverly Hills Cop 3. Um, Judge Reinhold's in it a little bit, but he's not, like, in there. So it was like, you needed those guys. You just like all the the fish out of water with Axel Foley. Like, when he's going to the hotel and he's like...
2: The dance club. uh, Yeah,
0: the dance club. (laughs) Like, kind of all the... the art. The art... shop like just kind of like every everything is just so it's like oh this is the nicest police car I've ever been in this, right it's nice in my apartment like, uh, right.
2: <laughs> <laughs> remember you used to drive that old Chevy yeah. Nova what do you drive now same, same. old Chevy Nova <laughs> Um, I I talk a lot about character development in I think every every uh, podcast I've done with you and that's one of the greatest ones as well the relationship that develops between him and the two police officers. Um, I think my favorite line in the movie—it gets quoted all the time. I'm not gonna fall for the banana on the tailpipe. It's great. Not gonna fall for the banana on the tailpipe. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Yeah, say it was some bass, man.
0: Hey, man. I'm not gonna fall for the no uh, tailpipe. Been hanging out with this dude too long.
2: <laughs> I think. I think anytime somebody does something idiotic or stupid, I just blatantly burnt out you fell for the banana the toe pipe (laughs) so good choice i was not that is a dark horse i was not expecting that one i was not expecting to hear that one today so all right miss shannon there we go you're up
1: okay well i feel like you went real real far back you were a throwback to another time ricardo i'm gonna throw my my top five like it's a new addition. it bumped out one uh recently and it's cruella Um, I have, I saw it five or six times in the theater, uh, while I was here and I thought it was going to be here longer. Otherwise I would have seen it more, um, because I just wanted to go and it's a long, it's not a short movie, but I just went again and again and again. And sometimes I'd be at the movie and Scotty wouldn't come with me and I'd be like, Hey Scotty, I think I'm going to stay and watch Cruella again. (laughs) And he's like, okay, I'll come to you. And uh, so anyway, came out 2021 has uh, the Emma's Emma Stone, Emma Thompson, great performances by both, which honestly I think is a, just a cornerstone of this movie is just the incredible acting chops from pretty much everyone in it. Uh, Director is Craig Gillespie, which means less to me than it does to Scotty, I would imagine, and maybe you. (laughs) But y'all were talking about directors. I was like, I'll look at the director. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) But it's just wonderful. And I think uh, probably one of my favorite things, one of the things that kind of drew me back to it over Mm -hmm. and over again, is just kind of the war between two selves that you see with Emma Stone and in Cruella in the role of Cruella. I mean, we all grew up with like 101 Dalmatians. I really loved uh kind of seeing this origin story of sorts. Um, but I mean, like, you're not thinking really so much about 101 Dalmatians. I mean, there's some Dalmatians in the movie, you're not thinking about that during the majority of this movie. It stands on its own. But you've got Cruella and you've got her alter or you've got Estella. That's her actual given name. And you've got her alter ego, Cruella, that her mom kind of says, Your name's Estella, not Cruella, because she's like, That's cruel. Yeah. And then she kind of takes that on later whenever she's doing something kind of mean or heartless, or, you know, and you see where that comes from with her relationship with her mother when she discovers who her true mother is, um, where that cruelty and that kind of just blatant brilliance, don't care about anyone else kind of thing comes from but it at that young age it kind of diverges into two very different selves she's either Estella trying to be good, trying to be kind or Cruella where she just wildly swings between the two and uh, I think that's just one of the most fascinating parts of this film for me
2: you mentioned how that the movie is a little bit longer but I watched the two in the theater and it didn't feel long because it was so good and I'll give you a really good barometer for it. I have a 13-year-old and a 15-year-old. Do I, you
1: have m MMs for this barometer? Oh. Does this, does this
2: count? <clears> well, since it's Emma Stone, we're going to go five green m ms <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to break the bank. But my 13- and 15-year-old boys went with me to this movie, and they loved it. Mm-hmm. So, that, And I think we chose it because... We need to get out of the house. There's nothing to do. Nothing else was out. And we, I said, I've been hearing good buzz about this movie, guys. And sure enough, uh, we all three walked out of there and we were, we were entertained. Yeah. That's for sure.
0: The music's good. It's funny. And when you look at it, you're like, is this Disney's like taxi driver? Is this Disney's like fight club? Like you just like Disney's Devil Wears Prada, like all of this stuff is, you're just kind of like. Wow, they're really doing a whole lot with this movie and things that you wouldn't think they would get away with in a Disney film. But like
2: if you're listening to this and you're shaking your head, uh download or listen to the movie soundtrack and cause I bought I think I ended up buying the soundtrack after this. The music in here is amazing.
1: It is. I danced after the movie. Like yeah, the- that's a good barometer for me. Did I dance? Was I so pumped about this movie and was the song that happens as the credits are rolling was it good enough to dance to and this one was
2: (laughs) it's a it's gosh it's a really good soundtrack Mm -hmm. um, for me to have bought it right after i saw it i think i went to the gym to the soundtrack for like two or three weeks after is that good and just and
1: her character i mean when she's like a little girl and she's about to go to school for the first time and her you know like kind of fake mom her non-bio mom or whatever is is nervous about her going in she's different she's not only inwardly different she's outwardly different with the like dual colored hair and she's like take the hat and she goes i don't need the hat you know she like takes that weirdness about her and she like displays it proudly like through the whole thing and uh i just really love it
2: good choice all right another one i uh well, needless to say, all of my picks are still on my board. So I want
1: to I look at, Scotty, I want to see about, um, about M&M's. Give it to me. Give it to me. Give me your piece of paper, you Neanderthal. <laughs> okay, Blown Away in the Theater, First Viewing. Yes. Seen it multiple times in the theater. <laughs> yes. Did I have it on tape or DVD? It's not out on, was on Disney+. Plus. We have it on Disney+. Plus. I say that gets an m M&M. and M. Yes do i have a poster of it no because i don't want a bunch of stuff so zero on that have i had a birthday party theme for it maybe this year i like it. Is it a durable good is it still great all these years later all these years later it's held up it's held (laughs) up i think it's held (laughs) up
0: since may oh man man. it's not a scratch on it
2: (laughs) (laughs)
1: that's great so what was that, like four, five? I don't know. It was four
2: out game. of five M&Ms, only I because you don't so. want to be a hoarder. Very yeah, good. I'm not a hoarder. <laughs> all right, I guess I'm up again, right? right number right. four.
0: You're number four, Ricardo.
2: My number four movie of all time is Green Book. Ooh. This This is a movie that was done in 2018, um, directed by Peter Farrelly, uh, Vigo Mortensen, Mahershala Ali, just eat up the screen in this movie. Um, It is considered a drama. And the, some of the things I I really love about this movie is just, again, the character development that happens throughout the movie. It's a true story. It's based on a true story based on two uh, very real people that um, became lifelong friends I want to talk about it, but I don't want to give so much of it away because uh, in case there's people that haven't seen it. But um, I guess spoiler alert, right? So the movie basically chronicles the relationship between Tony the Lip or Tony Lip and Dr. Don Shirley, who are real people. And Tony Lip is basically responsible for taking Dr. Shirley on this southern tour in the 60s in the segregated south. And it chronicles the relationship they build through that and it's just very well written i think it won best picture and best screenplay one, one best picture for sure i think maybe the director got best director maybe uh, i think so and mahershal ali definitely he got, he got, got, he got best he got, actor he got his
0: like second oscar uh-huh. i think with this movie yeah
2: um just a really really well done film the first time i saw it i did go see it in the theater just because it, i had seen Moonlight, and I, I just fell in love with Mahershala Ali, and I thought, I'm going to watch everything this guy does. And so I went and watched it in the theater by myself, and it was just amazing, just absolutely amazing. And I ended up buying it on DVD when it came out, watched it several times. It's, it's probably one of my favorite movies of all time now. And I think... I don't know why I don't know how Vigo Mortensen didn't win his first Oscar in this. He was nominated and he should have won. I can't I can't remember who beat him for it. But if I can't remember it, that means they don't deserve it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, it's kind of like. Um, I equate this to uh, Lawrence of Arabia, how Peter O'Toole didn't win an Oscar for that movie. I can't think of who won it that year. That means it's high it's just robbery. it's you know it's sacrilege. they should anyone who was voting in Oscar that year should not be voting anymore. So just a really really well done movie. Um, I don't have the poster. Um, probably the best scene in that movie there's a scene where they get pulled over and they get incarcerated and obviously the police the southern police officers are very prejudiced towards Dr. Shirley, Marshall Ali's character. And so they're in the can and he requests his one phone call and they don't want to give it to him. And finally the sergeant's like, just give him his call. So he'll shut up and they give him his call. And he calls Robert Kennedy. Who's the, the, attorney, general. Who's the attorney general at the time in real life. And I'm curious to know if that actually really happened or if that's just something they wrote in, but I guess he had performed at the white house. Dr. Shirley had and became friends with, with the Kennedys and, and, so he calls Robert Kennedy, the biggest lawyer in America at the time, uh, and he pretty much bails him out of jail. And that scene is just, it makes you laugh, it makes you cry, it makes you, you know, all the emotions. So Green Book is my number four. We
0: we saw it in the theater.
2: We did. We, we loved it.
1: We did. So I, does that, does that, was it, an m M&M? m You saw it in the theater, right? I did. One m M&M. m What's the next one?
0: He didn't have it on tape or DVD.
1: Okay.
2: No. I do have it on DVD Next now. One.
0: Do you have a poster? Of
1: it? Oh, you have no, it on DVD now? I do. Now. Oh, dude, Yes. Yes.
0: No poster. Birthday party theme?
2: Mm. I feel like
1: this birthday party theme you question, really? as well as the poster, is just very specific. Just it us. is.
2: <laughs> no, I did, I'm not going to have a birthday party movie, uh, movie theme. To <laughs> okay. no. We're
1: going to have a small birthday party get together, just to the three of us. and we're, that's We'll all dress the as a
2: character. Yeah. But I'll be Chip Douglas if we ever do that. <laughs> <laughs> What's the next one? Is it a durable Good. Yes, yes, it's just your story, so it holds up.
1: So that's three M&Ms. All right. Yeah. Okay. We're all right, we're back to up. Scotty.
0: My number four, I did some movement with mine
1: in movement. the last 24 hours. Oh, Sorry. much like a real draft.
2: Yes. <laughs> it's, the draft is a living morphing thing. <laughs> it, you have to adjust.
1: What's your number four, Scotty? Got to go through all those pieces of paper. <laughs> I've got, like, a he has lot of... like multiple lists. Do you have multiple lists? He
2: does. Lists? Got them in categories. Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> <laughs> it's a,
0: you know what? Star Wars meant so much to me growing up. And it still does. And this is the best Star Wars movie out of all of them. And it's the movie, it's the kind of the gold standard for... What every franchise tries to do, they're like, oh, this is going to be the Empire Strikes Back movie or whatever, and everyone's kind of striving for that, and so I, I got I got that at number four.
2: Okay. When did you first see it? Came out, I, what, 79 or 80? 80. So, okay. I mean, I
0: think probably like on VHS, like in 81 or whatever, my parents bought it on VHS when VHS was like $100. Um <laughs>
1: Yeah, so what you're saying is that either your parents loved you, like, way too much, or they had way too much money to burn buying you this $100 VHS. Or,
2: or they were movie junkies, and the apple doesn't fall, fall too far from yeah. the tree. Or
1: I think it's love. I think it's, I think it's love. Because I'm telling you, like, my parents didn't buy any VHS when it was, like, $100. Love wins. Love wins.
2: Of all the, so, of all the Star Wars, well... I guess I shouldn't ask this question because you might have a different Star Wars movie. This is here. the only Star Wars movie okay. in my top five. So um of all the Star Wars, you think this is the best one? Yeah. Even the prequels that came oh, out yeah. I, in the this, 90s. This,
0: yeah. All the films, all the everything that's come out, this is it. This
2: is the one. This is your Godfather Part Two. This huh? is my
0: Godfather too. Yes.
2: <laughs> Some people say they made the Godfather Part Two as a way to say this is the best movie ever. You say they made the Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> yes okay. yes
1: that's a, that's a strong statement Scotty. that's a
2: very strong statement okay
1: wait now let's do them in a test
2: all right blown away in the theater or
0: first viewing yes seen it multiple times in theater no because i was a baby <laughs> <laughs> do i have it on tape or dvd yeah the expensive vhs did i have a poster of it
2: no.
1: Oh, that's you sounded kind of surprised and disappointed as I right. said
2: that.
0: Have I had a birthday party theme for it?
2: No. I thought awesome. your parents loved you. You didn't have a poster.
0: What the hell, Scotty? I do not return of the Jedi poster. Okay. I had some other Star what Wars the hell, posters. Walter
1: and Mary Helen.
0: Is it a durable good? Is it still great after all these years?
1: Yes. So only three, three M and M's for this like wow, this momentous movie. Well, if in it your was life. three
2: out of five, if it was a baseball player, it'd be a millionaire.
1: Right, so. It's true.
2: It's All right, true. you're up, Ms. Shannon. What you got? All
1: right. <clears throat> so my number four is uh, Finding Forrester. I absolutely adore this movie. Um, I did see it in the theater. Most of the time I cannot say that uh, because I didn't start watching nearly as many movies in the theater until I started dating Scotty. <laughs> <laughs> However, uh, this came out in 2000. Um, so, I mean, it wasn't here that I watched it in the theater, but I remember... And it was kind of almost just a walk-in. It was like, I want to go see a movie. And this was on. And I walked out of that movie and I was like, oh my gosh, that was incredible. And unexpected. Um, but anyway, so 2000, uh, director Gus Van Zandt. Like I said, that really means nothing to me. Goodwill
0: oh, Hunting. Goodwill Hunting.
1: Another excellent <laughs> film. All right. Good deal. Uh, and uh, it has Sean Connery and Rob Brown. There's kind of a fun story as Rob... Because this was Rob Brown's first film. Um, he was not an actor. He was going to college. And they were having just kind of like auditions. And he was thinking, oh, well, maybe I'll get it on as an extra or something. Make some extra cash. Um, and he gets like the lead role opposite Sean Connery. So just like out of nowhere, this wasn't even an ambition of his. And now he's an actor. Uh, and um, basically it's Rob Brown is incredibly talented, uh, in this very low income neighborhood, very talented, very smart, very intelligent, but he keeps that under wraps because that doesn't get him any accolades. Right. Um, and Sean Connery, he's, he's kind of a shut in, he's kind of agoraphobic. He doesn't go outside. And, uh, he's just been there for 30, 40 years, you know, like it was before this neighborhood, like, maybe went downhill or something like he was living, his family lived there, you know? So like, he just happens to be in that area. Um, Rob Brown and his friends, like they all kind of pump each other up and, oh, we got to do something, you know, like you, you go into this, this guy's apartment and take something because he's kind of like an urban myth because he's never left. They call him the ghost. Um, and so he kind of gets in there one night and like Sean Connery wakes up, freaks him out. He leaves his stuff behind in his, in his backpack is like these notebooks where he writes. That's where like his true self is are in these notebooks. And, uh, he goes back to get those notebooks. Um, he's just gotten into this very prestigious prep school based on test scores and everything. Um, and Sean Connery's written notes in there, like on the writing, like this passage is brilliant. This is constipated, you know, like, like, all of that, and so he kind of he goes back looking for more guidance, um, and they develop this incredible relationship. And uh, anyway, it's just one of my favorite movies ever, and I love it so much. <laughs> you find out how to make tomato soup in that movie. Oh yeah, so yeah, we say that a lot. He's like, stir the soup or something. He's like, what? And he's like, stir the soup before it foams up. And uh, and he goes. Why doesn't our soup ever do that? And he goes, well, you probably grew up in a household that didn't waste milk and soup, you know, <laughs> and, uh, and like something like that. And he's like, now that question was a good one because it has value to you. And he's like, as opposed to this question, do I ever go outside? <laughs> Which like fails the basic premise of the question. <laughs> anyway, it's so fun and I love it.
2: I'm ashamed to say I've never seen it.
1: Oh, well, now you're going to have to. Wow.
2: Scotty's jaw just dropped. You're going to go
1: home and watch it right now. <laughs> all
2: right. It's on the list. All right. I'm up. You're up. My number three movie of all time is The Princess Bride.
1: Oh. Uh-oh. As you wish. Uh-oh. Are they
2: scratching Uh-oh. stuff off their list? No. Did I take no. one off the board? No. Oh, I man.
1: I, I kind of like that we're all really divergent on our tastes. That we haven't... Or not on our tastes, but... Top
2: five. So this movie was um, made in uh, 1987. So I was 10 years old when this movie was made. Rob Reiner, one of the greatest directors in Hollywood. Royalty, right? Uh, Carrie Elwes or El- whatever. Elwes, Mandy, yeah. Mandy Patinket and Robin Wright Penn um, are in this movie. Andre the Giant makes an appearance on here. And... I first saw this movie, I think I may have been in, I don't know, third or fourth grade. And, you know, they wheel the big TV in there with the VCR that's strapped down to the little dolly. <laughs> Which I'm and, pretty sure and, they
1: still have in yeah, schools. Yeah, and
2: I just wasn't into it. I just remember not, not caring and just looking up at the screen every now and again and just, I didn't get it. I was just like, okay, whatever. And then um, I remember the first time we saw it, this one little tough kid who was kind of a bully, actually he started crying at the end uh, of the movie and I was like, why is he crying? And uh, at that point I thought, well, maybe this movie is worth watching. (laughs) 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 So the next time, the next time they, you know, will the big TV in, I, I watched it and it's just, this could have easily been my number one. Um, obviously it doesn't have like the Oscar winning acting role in it, but all of the characters are just amazing in it. The, the, uh, the Mandy Patinket character of, uh, Iniego is just gives one of the best performances. And, and Mandy Patinket, if you don't know, uh, is a male and he's a theater actor. And this movie is right up his alley. Uh, by this time he's, well regarded as a an elite Broadway actor, still is, but this movie kind of put him on the main street like map. Like okay, households know who Mandy Patinkin is now, not just people up east. So he's my favorite but, character in the movie. He is amazing. The uh, his struggle throughout the movie and searching for the man that killed his father is just amazing. Uh, it does make me cry when he finally does. Do what he has to do. Uh, it's a pretty powerful movie in that sense, but um, everything else about it is funny. It makes you laugh. It makes you cry. It makes you think. It just great character development. Great, well written, well directed. Fred Savage is in yep. it. <laughs> so the way the movie is, the cinematography of the movie, the way it's shot, it's 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 a grandpa reading a book to his sick grandson. Um, it's just great. One of the greatest movies of all time, I think. It's a classic. It holds up. Definitely holds up. I can't think <laughs> Every now and then I'll play this little game and I know it's silly. I've got better things to do, but I'll play again. I think I bring it up every time I do a mac and cheese with you, Scotty. Is who would ca- who would you cast in these roles if this movie were remade today or made today? And for the I can't I can't do it with this movie. I just can't. I can't it would be Sacrilege? Yes. That's I was yes. Yeah, yeah. to, to even think of recasting this movie in any way, shape, or form, it, I just can't do it. It's just perfectly casted and well done from start to finish. So,
0: you got Billy Crystal coming off the bench for five minutes.
2: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Greatness. I, I think this is probably Rob Reiner calling in a lot of favors. I think Robin Wright Penn is, you know, she's young and, and, she probably wanted and needed the role. Uh, same thing with Carrie. he was probably just a you know a British actor that needed something. But I think the rest of the people, I, I don't think you get Mandy Patinkin off the bench if it's mm-hmm. not if it's not Reiner calling him and saying, "Hey, this this will be great." Andre the Giant; he's got better mm-hmm. things to do, you know. And
0: Humperdinck, that actor Ugh. was like,
2: what is he? Fright Night.
0: Yeah. He's in, he's in a, so he was like in a bunch of stuff at that time. Just a really good movie um, like William gold Goldman um I think wrote this movie and he said that when he saw Robin Wright to meet her he was like she's the most beautiful woman I've ever seen like she, when she he opened the door the sun was behind
2: her and just,
1: I can absolutely see that cuz I mean she's one of the most beautiful women now.
2: <laughs> yes. She The movie's uh, held up and so has Robin Wright. So has Robin Wright. <laughs> yeah. So do you have this on DVD? I have it on DVD. Um What else is on that list? Let's see. I don't have the poster just because I don't do movie posters. I Um, feel
1: like we should have been consulted to add things to this list, right? Instead of just like a very Scotty-centric list.
2: A few years ago, you know how every once in a while they'll replay classics in the theater. So I I did see it in the theater. Yeah, we saw saw it
0: in the theater. We we dressed up for it. We did. Like like the... We had like Shannon had like like she's the Dread Pirate Dread Robert Pirate
2: or whatever Dread Ah. dread Pirate Roberts yeah
1: (laughs) yeah we like dressing up we we actually went to go see Stripes on Thursday we didn't dress up but you know it it's enjoyable we've also dressed up for like um, Ghostbusters Ghostbusters like I had a this orange colander, we put it on Scotty's head, you know. <laughs> I had like this little jumpsuit that I wear to paint and I was like, cool. Just like I like it.
2: I like it. All right, Scotty, you're up. Okay. Oh
1: man. Are we at number three now? We're at, number, We're at three. number three. What's your
2: number three? This is the movie
0: that got moved from four to three. Okay. Pulp fiction. Directed by Quentin Tarantino, John Travolta, Samuel L. Jackson, Bruce Willis, Uma Thurman. Released date nineteen ninety four. This is the Smells Like Teen Spirit of indie film. Um, and it was so... It felt so dangerous at the time. It was so subversive and so unlike anything I'd ever seen at that point. Um, and I like, you know, I like the coffee shop and the witty dialogue and the Bonnie situation and all the stuff like George Bolton and Samuel L. Jackson. But then as I get older, I like the Bruce Willis-Marcella stuff more than I did like on first viewing and everything. And it's just... Incredible. So what do we got here?
1: How old were you when you saw this movie? By the way, you were like, this is one of the best movies I'd High seen s- at that time in my life. I was,
0: I was 14. Okay. Yeah, I was 14. At the, doll, at the old dollar movie on Parker Square. Yeah. Because like, it, yeah, it, it, it came to like, I think Century City, but it was only here for a week and then it came back when it came back for the dollar movie.
2: Before you do your M M&M grade and scientific method, <laughs> I think, um, and I'm not a movie historian, but I think this movie changed the way Hollywood thought about movies and how movies are made because this was very indie type film uh, with mega stars in it. And that really didn't happen. Normally indie films were indie films with no names. And this was a very indie type movie that was made this way. And it became a, just a blockbuster. And I think people considered tarantino smart but after this he was a genius and actually i remember watching this movie there's a mexican movie or a movie made in mexico (laughs) that's called water for dogs Mm -hmm. and it's shot the same way it's shot with three or four different storylines that all converge somehow towards the end and they all play a vital role in how they come together. Mm-hmm. And that's where that. I, re, I remember watching Pulp Fiction and thinking, I've seen this before. I know where I've. So I. After I, it dawned on me where I'd seen it, I thought, or that kind of plot had come, I thought, I wonder if Tarantino has seen that movie. And that's where he got some of the. I'm not saying he stole it. I mean, it's. Everybody steals everything, right? Nothing's original. But go ahead. I'm sorry. Not yeah. steals it's, everything. It's, it.
1: it uh, it influences. Yes. It, yes, there you go. That's yeah.
2: the word I was looking for. The movie definitely like starts
0: off this, you know, bidding wars at Sundance for these indie movies. Studios have like kind of a subdivision of indie films. They're they're developing. Um, stars are wanting to go take scale to be in an indie movie by a director. So I mean, and then there was like, you know, a, a, about six, seven years where there's a bunch of kind of Pulp Fiction kind of copycat movies that really weren't that good. Um that are trying to do like three or four stories or the witty dialogue or like a suitcase full of cash or kind of whatever um but Pulp Fiction Pulp Fiction was just amazing so um what do we got here blown away first viewing yeah seen it multiple times in the theater me and Shannon saw it um in series. 2012 so oh. that counts and we have
1: like a picture where he's like we're on, I'm on the floor and it's like he's just like jabbed some adrenaline in my heart.
0: <laughs> we also got, went into the aisle and did the twist contest like during the scene. Um, this,
1: this will tell you about Scotty's insanely high expectations for everything in his life because he was pretty sure that people were just going to be watching and they were going to They're
0: going to be like looking over and then they'll start clapping at the end.
1: Yeah, that's, that's all going not, that on in happen. his mind. Of course that so, does not happen.
0: So multiple times in theater. Do I have it on tape DVD? Got it in Blu-ray. Do I have a a poster of it in college? Nice.
2: (laughs) Have I had a birthday theme for it last year?
1: 40th birthday (laughs) celebration.
2: I think that's the first... Poster M&M we dunked today. I know. Well, well done. Um,
1: and Scotty his hair was amazing for this this party. It's like his hair's all long now, so he had a very John Travolta, I straightened it for him. Somebody some people were like cuz it was a Zoom party cuz you know we live in covid times, but uh <laughs> people were like that's a really cool wig, Scotty. <laughs> it's like, nope. like, nope, that's his hair. <laughs> that's it. That, that's
2: that's hair and makeup, people. Oh, boy! <laughs> Is it a durable
0: good? Still great all these years? Yeah. Is that
1: 6? Is that six things? Six
0: so for
1: six. three.
2: Six for six. One, two, three, four, five. Six. 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 So six for six. So right now Pulp Fiction six for six. Wow. It's the
1: only one that's hit that so yeah. far. The,
2: the only it. one that's hit the m M&M scientific method. <laughs> All right, Miss Shannon,
1: you're up. All right. Um, yeah, going off that, like, real serious movie, <laughs> <laughs> we're going to slide right into my number three, which is Ira and Abby, um, which... I feel like the next two, like my number two and number three, like nobody ever knows what the heck I'm talking about. (laughs) But this movie came out in 2007. Uh, It has uh, director Robert Carey, and then the main stars in it were Chris Messina and Jennifer Westfield. Westfield? Westfield? I don't know. Um, But anyway, it's just a really quirky kind of movie. They meet, fall immediately in love, get married, uh, and it's just... They're complete opposites. You've got this neurotic, like, doctoral candidate, which is Chris Messina, and uh, he meets this kind of just, I don't know, how would you describe her, Scotty? I feel like this this, this movie kind of encapsulates Scotty and his relationship.
0: <laughs> She's real spontaneous. She thinks the best of people. Um, impulsive? Is that a... Good uh, word.
1: She is, sponta- I think it's a spontaneity part, right? You know, like not impulsive, but very much willing to live in the moment, right? You know, and just like very caring about everyone. Um, there's a line in the movie where, because like, so both of his parents are therapists, you know, and both of her parents, you can see exactly where they came from, you know? Uh, Her parents are kind of happy-go-lucky, you know, very artistic type, very supportive. And his parents are like both like, do you need to go to therapy again? He's been in therapy since he was like five years old or something. So they start having some problems like this idyllic relationship that they start out with. And after they get married, it kind of starts to break down a little bit because, you know, things, reality kind of sets in. And his automatic reaction is like, "Let's get into therapy, right?" So they are, and there's all these therapists in it. At one point in the movie, there's like every single therapist we have seen in the entire movie, like in this little round table. Uh, but they all ha- are coming from very differing views, you know. Like this therapist uses this thing, this, and it's just freaking hilarious. Um, but there's a line in there where he's they're talking to a therapist. And he said, I'm married to a woman who's married to everyone. Because every she, like, gives everything of herself in that moment. Whoever's in it, whatever. And uh, I don't know. It's just so fun. They actually end up getting divorced twice. Um, they get remarried. Then they get divorced. And at the end, and it's like a happy divorce. It's like they're still together. They're in love. But they've decided that the entire institution of marriage is, like, You know, like it's not conducive to them being like they they say vows while they're signing their divorce papers. She's like, I promise never to marry you again or what, you know, like, but it's very sweet and kind of endearing and it makes me very happy. That's my number three.
2: Never seen it.
1: (laughs) Gotta gotta add to that list. I
2: have two movies, both that you have (laughs) picked
1: that
2: I have never seen. Yeah,
1: the rando. rando shannon it sounds good yeah so i guess i wasn't really in danger of anybody taking like my top five
2: (laughs) my draft
1: was like completely you were worried about nothing (laughs) yeah because i can probably guarantee that you've never seen my number two also so we'll get to that okay who me or him you've seen it because you are married to (laughs) me
2: (laughs) Mm.
0: okay so number two ricardo
2: Oh, man, this gets tougher and tougher. As Like you, I shuffle the cards around, and I'm like, well, maybe this is number two. Well, maybe this is number three. But um, my number two movie of all time is The Sandlot.
1: Sandlot! Oh, yes!
2: It is an absolute stop-down movie. Um, I think everybody has seen it, quoted it, and... If you haven't, I don't know where you've been under a rock, um, released in 1993, uh, David Mickey Evans was the writer director. Uh, none of the actors are really in it are really mainstream actors today. They're all, they were all child actors, but you know, there's that thing in Hollywood don't work with children, don't work with animals, but all the kids in this movie are great. Um, Mike Vietar, who plays uh, the Benji, the Benny, B- Benny the main character, um, kind of disappeared from Hollywood. He didn't want anything to do with acting at all after after it was done. He became a firefighter. Even to this day, after, if they have reunions, and he just no, no thanks. He just doesn't want any part of it. And so, but obviously, um, if I have to talk about the movie, it's I mean, again, you've been under a rock. But it's the friendship that forms between these kids in the 1950s. Yeah. And they play baseball in a sandlot, and this new kid moves to town, and it's about them kind of bringing them into their little circle. And it doesn't really chronicle their relationship after that summer. Uh, it kind of mentions it, and that's really about it. But the the movie itself holds up. It's entertaining. It's funny. It's got... There's there's not really any dramatic scenes in it. Um, it's got James Earl Jones in it, who is probably, I mean, he's Darth Vader, he's Mufasa, and he's you know he's the voice for these kids in this sandlot movie. He's awesome. So just I think it's just one of the all time classic great movies. Stop down movie. I can't I I can't think. Of anybody that would say, I just don't want to watch that movie. If no. it's on TV, you're, you're watching it and you're killing me, Smalls. Come on. You're killing me, Smalls. <laughs> it's, Do
1: you want some more? Some more what? Yeah.
2: Bambi, that wimpy deer. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it's just, but it, we're going to need a bigger boat. You're killing me, Smalls. Mm-hmm. I mean, it mm-hmm. just some of the greatest movie lines of all time, right?
1: Well, uh, and I think, I mean, it's an all, they're all boys in here, but you still relate to it as a female, like a girl growing up, because I think it's more about, that's a really awkward time in your life where you're just trying to see where you fit in and you don't because you haven't figured all these things out. And, uh, just kind of that acceptance and that common bond, you know, because they're all super different, you know, like. You, and you see that like as to where they went in life, you know, like this person did this, these, they're building many malls, you know, like this person's like, they went to college and they did this or whatever, you know, and they married all, Wendy peppercorn, Mandy, married Wendy peppercorn, <laughs> Wendy peppercorn had seven kids. Uh, right. or something. I was like, how is that even possible? How'd she have seven kids? But anyway, um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's a great movie. And I think it just, it, it translates well you know it does because there's like yeah there's some boys stuff in there but you can easily see where they're coming from and you kind of have a similar experience on your side you know and that's like and i think everybody can relate to that
2: favorite scene in the movie is the Windy Peppercorn scene when he fakes the drowning So she would resuscitate him and he sneaks a kiss his, in. His eyes open. And like, oh, that is oh. And like, so classic. And, <laughs> and they all, because
1: <laughs> they they're all like, are you okay? And then his eyes open and then they kind of back up. And they're like, what's happening?
2: <laughs> and the uh, the way sh- Windy Peppercorn, after they get kicked out of the pool, kind of gives them the nod like, okay. Touché. You're good. It's <laughs> just awesome. You're so. never
1: allowed here ever again.
2: I, I think that's enough said about that movie. Just yeah. great. Oh, great, great, fantastic,
1: great. Fantastic. It made us want to get all, want to get like radio, what is it? Radio flyers? Yeah. What were, were those what the shoes were called? Radio flyers? I can't remember something? now. What were they called? I don't, I think they were called radio flyers. Okay. I'm, um, I'm pretty sure you're wrong.
0: I think it's converse.
1: Well, they were, they were like converse, but it was like a certain type. And because there's a whole monologue on what these shoes were supposed to do for you. You know, they're supposed to make you run faster, something. I don't know. Anyway.
2: All right, Scotty. What Fantastic. is your number two movie of all time?
0: My number two, I, I was I was like, is this number one or number two? I'm going to put this at number two. It's Fight Club. Directed by David Fincher, Brad Pitt, Edward Norton, 99.
1: It's a great choice.
0: When you see this movie, you're like... Where is this movie going? Um,
1: what's gonna happen next? What's
0: what's what's gonna happen? I don't I don't even know the trajectory of like where the hell this is going. Um, I've seen I've seen it like a million times. I like when I first got a DVD player, it was one of the first DVDs I got. You know, watched the commentary with the director on it. I've like read books about the movie and the filming and what I think about this movie is soap um, <laughs> and. It's one of Edward Norton's best performances and Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt said to David Fincher, like a can when it like premiered, he's like, I'm never going to be in anything better than this.
2: Wow. So I only saw it one time. I saw it in the theater and I remember it was, I think it was opening week. Um, but I remember everybody walking out like pretty shocked. It was one of those shocker movies. Like, like, oh, Brian, wow. Yeah, we, we didn't see that coming at all. And you don't, um, yeah. Really, really good movie. I, I think this is. Would you venture to say this is Brad Pitt, and Edward Norton in their prime? Is this is this like? Uh,
1: I think so. It might
0: be, yeah.
2: Yeah, is yeah, this I like could, the Fugitive I mean, where you get you get both of those guys in their prime, and it's like, hey, what could go wrong? Yeah.
1: Because I mean, they're still like both excellent actors. Oh yeah, you know, but. Yeah, so that's that's a tough that's a tough call to make, but I think that it could be true. Yeah,
2: Edward Norton is uh, one of my favorite actors. He takes his craft very seriously, and a lot Which of people, a lot of people,
1: he's not. That's why he's not in movies. like a ton of stuff. A lot of people yeah. hate him for that. A he, lot of people. He really wants to be involved like in the him. script.
0: He wants to like right. kind of go th- through everything with the director and like,
2: and so he's that's
1: um, limited him.
2: Right? It's I think it's annoying to directors and people. He's if you haven't seen it. He's amazing in Birdman.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Man,
2: that is an amazing role. But I was told, or I was under the impression that he was told that this movie is not one you mess with. You just read your lines and shut up. (laughs) (laughs) So, which I could, for the sake of that movie, you could see where that could be very true. Because, yeah, that movie.
1: That's incredible.
2: That movie is incredible. It's not in my list, but. If You Still have agree. not seen Birdman? Wow, and that's an that Emma is, Stone movie too.
1: That is an Emma Stone movie. Emma Stone. Movie.
2: I can't think of
1: Emma Stones. Emma's got Stone. <laughs>
2: <laughs> She's good in that too. That movie is really well done. All right, Shannon. All what right. you got?
1: My number two um, is Keeping Mum. <laughs> so another kind of random movie that I just kind of stumbled on. It also was made in 2007. Neil Johnson. As the director, it has a pretty strong freaking cast. Uh, It has Rowan Atkinson, who's like Mr. Bean, which is hilarious to see him in this. Uh, Kristen Scott Thomas, Maggie Smith, and even Patrick Swayze kind of like make some appearances in it. Uh, He gets killed off pretty quick. But uh, anyway, it's just, it's so much fun. So Maggie Smith's character, she's kind of like a psychopath. Um, and she has like, it starts off. I mean, obviously spoilers all over the place starts off. She's like pregnant, this beautiful young girl pregnant. She's going to the country she's dreaming of this better life. She's going to get, you know, all these things. And, uh, then you kind of see, uh, the train people. I don't know what they're called. Uh, the people that work on the train, um, they are looking at her trunk and there's like this, this pool of blood, like kind of like just widening out from this trunk getting larger and larger one of them comes up and he says this trunk is this trunk yours you know like this general description she's like yes that's mine she's super sweet very proper you know like just all these things and it turns out like her husband was cheating on her and she murdered them and they are in her trunk (laughs) Wow. And it's, like, pretty dark and hilarious. It is so freaking funny. because So she gets locked up. So she get, gets off the train. Police are waiting. And she just kind of, like, they're taking her to the asylum. Because she was like, well, he, he cheated on me. You know, obviously, he couldn't live. You know, kind of deal. But she says it in such a sweet way. And it's terrifying and hilarious. So she's in this asylum for, like, 40 years or so. I mean, she is an old woman when she gets out, when she's going in, she's like, could I bother you for a cup of tea? You know, kind of like she, (laughs) that's just her reality. She gets out and, uh, finds her daughter, but her daughter doesn't know it's her. She has been hired as like her housekeeper. Right. And her daughter is married to, uh, Rowan Atkinson has like, they have children, Um And just things are going very wrong in her life. Like she feels disconnected from her husband. Her daughter is just sleeping with everybody. Her son is being bullied. You know, like all these things are happening. Maggie Smith turns up and she just starts fixing things. And one of the ways she starts fixing things is like if things, if she can't solve it some other way, she will murder them. Um, and it's just so freaking funny. Did the
0: bullies get killed?
1: No, the bullies didn't get killed, but they did like, I mean, they could have died, I guess. Cause like, she like cuts the brakes on their bike. Cause they're like in elementary school or something and they're chasing him on, on their bikes. And she has cut the brakes on their bikes and as they walk home. And so they just, they can't stop. And they just kind of go think over this. they go this. off like a cliff or something. It's like, they go off like oh, almost Almost. And he's like, he gets home and he's like, yay, the, they're dead, they're dead. And she's like, what? And she's like, no, they're fine. Um, but like, there's a dog that barks all night and is keeping, uh.
2: Please don't his... tell me she kills a dog.
1: <laughs> she definitely does. She oh does. You, you're like, Cause, and she does it, like, with a shovel. She kills like multiple people. Like, you just hear, clank, you know? And then she's thrown them in the lake or something. Like, at the end, at the very beginning, there's some people, like, from the water, whatever, they're coming over. Because this is British, you know? Like, they're like, it's this... You've got some algae in here, and it's poisoning the water board or whatever, you know? Like, And then at the end, they're like, yeah, we're going to have to drain the pond, and, like, at this point, like, at the end, both the mother, like, the daughter of Maggie Smith and her daughter are both know what's happening. And, uh, and they're like, oh, my God, they're going to drain the pond. They can't because there's all these bodies in it. And then, like, you hear her, like, writing a little letter to Maggie Smith, who's no longer there. Because she was like, no, you just can't be here anymore. But, you know, like we can still have a relationship. She's writing about all the wonderful things that are going on. And you've got some camera shots of an, in the pond. And you see, like, all of these bits of people that she killed that are in the pond. And then at the end, like, you see the waterboard guys. <laughs> They're in there, too. Maggie Smith didn't kill them. <laughs> like, they did. They're like... Well, you know, it is so freaking funny for so many murders being in this movie. It is so funny. Cracks me up every time. I
2: hope when they started rolling credits at the end, the first one said no dogs were harmed in the making of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> like
1: the people we could care less yeah. about.
2: No dogs were harmed yeah. in the making of this. It's <laughs> so funny. I now have 3 movies <laughs> that I have never seen. All 3.
1: Were they on my list? Oh. Were on your list. <laughs> <laughs> Which one? So you, was Finding Forrester one of them?
2: Finding Forrester, Iron Abbey, Iron Abbey and Mom. now Keeping Mom.
1: All right. Hey, yeah. you know what? Like, I'm for that.
2: I'm... So that's, yeah, That all of them sound great. <laughs> I'm going to watch them all. So. <laughs> They're so fun. All right, we're down to our number one.
0: The moment of truth, number one.
2: Do we need to do any kind of honorable mentions before we disclose? I think
1: we maybe do honorable mentions after, at
2: the end. After. Good call. Good call. Because so,
1: we're, we're still in our draft, even though like oh, yeah. none of us has come close.
2: That's right. They're know? unrestricted free agents. We signed afterwards. Yeah. So my number one movie of all time is Amadeus. Ooh. It is obviously the true story to the best of everyone anyone's knowledge of Mozart or Wolfgang Mozart Amadeus or Amadeus Wolfgang Mozart. Um, I first saw this movie, I was a teenager, and my brother rented it from the video library <laughs> close to the house from VHS. And I remember watching it with him. And I, when it first started, I thought, oh, this is an uppity, you know, Period-ese. period piece. Yeah. But I was glued. And I remember thinking, because, you know, you you take music all through elementary school and intermediate school, and Mozart is depicted as this genius And so you think the absolute unattainable status that he must have had, and this movie just blows your hair back. It's like, no, not really. It shows you, it depicts him with as much accuracy as possible, uh, who was, I mean, a boy genius who was basically just an imbecile and uh, a pervert and just a frat kid that had this amazing talent and just squandered it away and died a poor man, no heirs, nothing. And it's sad from that standpoint when you look at his life uh, cuz you can all of us can relate. We've we've all seen or had friends or known people or known people of people that had amazing talent and just kind of squandered it away. And to to be a child and to regard Mozart in that high caliber and then just see this film, you're like, "Wow. Um, this movie was Kind of went a little backwards there, uh, but it was released. I want to say nineteen eighty four. Nineteen eighty four. Miles Foreman. Miles Foreman. Right. Um, F. Murray Abraham, which I think is a funny That's name. In, he's in. He's in Finding Forrester. Yeah, is he? Okay. Yeah, he is Tom Hunkel, who you never hear from again, who plays Mozart, mm-hmm. is amazing in this movie, and so is F. Murray Abraham. Gives probably one of the best cinema cinema performances of all time just he's amazing in this movie as and he makes this movie the movie is about him so he plays Antonio uh, I'm gonna butcher his name Salinari who's basically a musician in Europe at the same time as Mozart is but he's a more esteemed musician he respects the craft he appreciates the music every note is cared for And it chronicles how he's watching Mozart squander away his talent and his relationship with his God and his religion as he's debating how God could be so cruel as to give this child this kind of talent and allow me to stand by and watch it happen, watch this train wreck happen. And it's just fascinating. Some of the best acting, some of the best cinematography. If I ever meet somebody that said, if anybody ever says to me, I'm thinking about being an actor, I will say, watch this movie. This is the movie you need to watch. I've never seen I have never seen
1: this movie. Wow. I have never, so I, I like highlighted it because I was like, out of all of the movies that we've been talking about this whole time, like, yeah, I've seen them all. And I've probably seen them multiple times, but uh, never seen this movie you that's what we're gonna be doing this afternoon
2: (laughs) i'm telling you watch it and then call me okay and it's not that long i i want to say the whole thing is done under two hours i can't
1: i think we need a movie watching party
2: we really do We need
1: like yeah
2: i apologize two hours and 40 minutes (laughs) which which goes goes to show you how good it is
1: that It, it just flies by it just
2: flies by you, you don't feel like it's a two hour and 40 minute movie. Well, and we
1: were yet. just, talk, we were talking about that earlier with like Cruella, you know, it's a long movie. Um, It doesn't feel like it.
2: Yeah. I can't, man, I can't think of any downtime in this movie at all. It is fascinating. Um, My favorite part of the movie is definitely, it, there's not, it's not a one scene. Well, I'll take that back. It is one scene. It's when Abraham's character uh, finally kind of throws in the towel and he basically, he, he burns, he takes the, uh, cross of Jesus off of his bed, off of his bed, over his bed, and he puts it in the fireplace and he says, I will, I will denounce you because you have, you have placed this talent in front of me and made me watch it and made me watch him squandered away. You don't exist to me anymore. How could there be a God that is this cruel? To allow me to watch something like this happen in front of my face and then deny me somebody who wants to honor him in in music that kind of talent. It's a really powerful scene. And it's full of a lot of powerful scenes, but it's it's a really well-done movie. Um, What will freak you out, what freaked me out about it, I forget the guy's name, the principal in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Um, Jeffrey Jones? He's in this movie. Um, He actually plays... Uh, a pretty good character in this movie you forget that it's him right away it's a very young version of him but it freaks you out because you see him and that's the only time in the movie where you're like wait a minute he's not supposed to be there but you you forget (laughs) it pretty quickly because it it just it was before ferris bueller's day off he's and he's good in the movie he actually plays a very he plays an idiot and he does it well so Uh, But that's my number one movie of all time.
1: I'm excited. I feel like, yeah, we're going to have to, we're going to have to have some movie viewing parties for some of, with just us, obviously. The party word is like.
2: An Amadeus theme party is, that's probably bucket list for me. Hey, we we wear, wear, like, powdered, the wigs. The powdered wigs. Yes. Yeah. There's a scene. I'll wear a corset. Yeah. There's a scene in the movie where Amadeus is going to meet the king, and he's getting fitted for wigs, and he loves them all. He's like, "I just wish I had three heads." <laughs> it's, it's too funny. So, all right, Scotty. Okay. Moment of truth. I'm gonna I'm gonna finish up with the MMs for Pulp, uh, for a uh, Fight Club.
1: Oh, we need to do the M&Ms for. Oh M&Ms. no, it's okay.
2: This is Scotty's M&M okay. deal. I'm gonna eat mine. <laughs> Fight Club blown away in the theater First viewing, yes
1: Oh,
0: you're going back on the other Seen it multiple times in the theater I saw it once in 99 and then on like Re-release on Cinemark Do I have it on tape DVD? Yes Do I have a poster of it? In college Have I had a birthday party theme for it? No Is it durable good? Yes Five.
1: I, have, I had a poster of Fight Club as well yeah, that's why we're married. That's why we're married. <laughs> My number one is Die Hard. Director
0: John McTiernan, Bruce Willis, and Alan Rickman. Release date nineteen eighty eight. Gotta love Alan Rickman. Yeah, I, saw, <gasps> I saw this in the theater. Miss I had, you, Alan. Head on VHS. My dad would like if there was something they they weren't gonna be spending a hundred dollars on each VHS for me. So what they would do is like hook up two VCRs to the TV. And you can record once you um, push play. So we would, like, dub the tape, like, from that. Um, so that's how I had, like, the Die Hard on VHS. So
1: they 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 got over that buying $100 VHSs really quick. Yeah, yeah. We, <laughs> we found a workaround.
0: And, you know, I love it. I love it to this day. I always watch it, like, around Christmas time. But if it's ever on, like, I want to watch some of it. All the character stuff is great. I like Ellis. I like all all this stuff that's like not Bruce Willis and Alan Rickman. The stuff that I like loved when I was growing up and the like the action and everything. Like all the dialogue is really good. It's like a heist movie with, you know, the terrorists. It's not like a kind of a political terrorism kind of thing. It's like these guys are trying to get the bear bonds. And they're trying to like kind of outsmart everyone. And so there is like this kind of charm to them. You're kind of rooting for them in a way too. But yeah, I just, I love Die Hard. I got, so what do I got? Blown Away in Theater, yeah. So I saw this movie like 12 times in a the theater.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Do I have a tape DVD? Got the dub tape. And I got like Blu-ray now. Did I have a poster of it? I got even better than a poster of it. Um, my dad like asked like the like the rental store if he could have, if we could have like the big kind the of...
2: Cardboard cutout. Cardboard cutout. <laughs> yes. We
0: had that in our house for a number of years. <laughs> have I had a birthday party theme for it? Yes. Is it a durable good? Absolutely.
1: Five out of five. Six out of six. Six out of six. Six out of You've six. For two die movies, hard. Six
2: out of six. I saw an um, interview with Alan Rickman one time. And I don't know. You may know this already since you're a big fan of his. So that week, he was giving up. He'd come to Hollywood and he was going to throw in the towel. He's like, I can't. I can't do it. can't make it. Like so many stories, right? Go there, you try, and you come back home. And he'd been in bit things here and there. He had a screen actor's card and everything. And it was because somebody got sick who was originally going to play Hans. And they, his, his agent or whoever he was with at the time who stayed his lifelong agent, by the way, told him you need to go to this audition. Uh, and they thought it was just going to be for an extra, for a bad guy, extra, right. A European bad guy, extra type thing. And, uh he went, but he's like, all right, if I get this, great, I'll do it. But I'm going back home after this gig's over. And he didn't realize it was for, to play Hans, the villain in this movie. And man, did he eat up the screen or what?
0: Oh my
1: God. Yeah.
2: There's a, there are very few action movies where
0: you're, the villain is you're just, as, the villain. just as intriguing as the protagonist.
2: Yeah.
1: The villain's almost an afterthought. They've done a lot of character development with the hero. The villain is just like... Some roadblock for the hero to overcome, yeah. Not so in this.
2: Yeah, he was he was really good in this movie. I really like him a lot too. And Bruce Willis, you know, he's going to be a big superstar for the next
0: thirty years. Is you know what happened to Bruce Willis after this? I mean, he was in Moonlighting, yeah, you know, before this movie. He came was in out.
2: Seagram's wine cooler commercials, <laughs> <laughs> and then this happened. Yeah, yeah. you never know. Well, what just, trajectory? Just like Brad Pitt was in Pringle. Prinkled potato chip commercials. <laughs> and then he landed the uh, extra role in Delman and Louise. And then that was an unforgettable role And Brad Pitt was born. Yeah. So um, it's crazy how things happen in it. It is. That's a good number one, Scotty. That
1: is a good number one.
2: All right. Here we go.
1: All right. It's my turn. Go ahead,
2: <sighs> go ahead and rattle off another movie I've never seen.
1: <laughs> uh, you've, you've, <laughs> I think you've seen this. All right. Um, so it's Pride and Prejudice. The 2005 Pride and Prejudice, because obviously there have been a lot of versions over the years. Um, I've watched them all. I've watched all the little spin-offs. I've watched Pride and Prejudice, like, and Zombies. I've watched, like, everything. There are some little TV shows. All of them are super fun. I just love Pride and Prejudice. I remember reading it when I was 19 for the first time and just could not put it down. That was a fairly common occurrence. I mean, I, I would read a book all the way to the end in one sitting, but with this and like, this is like up there with like my first reading of like the first Harry Potter, you know, like that kind of unexpected and you're just glued to it. And now I've reread them all like many times over the years. I uh, just have a special place in my heart, but this is my favorite um, incarnation of Pride and Prejudice. It has Keira Knightley and uh, Matthew McFadden um, that came out in 2005. Like I said, director Joe Wright, but I don't know, I, I obviously like Kira Knightley just brought something insane to this performance. It is so real. You feel like you are in that time period with her. You feel like I don't know, it's just like marriage is a business. When you're a woman, that's the only trajectory there is, you know, is you shall get married, and she's just this strong willed, intelligent person. Um, and, uh, there's, I, I was reading some like Robert Ebert, Robert Ebert reviews on, on this. Cause he like really loved it. And he's talking about how like, there's a scene where it's raining and they're arguing and, uh, they both kind of like, you kind of see who they are deep down in this argument and that those people are fantastic, you know, like kind and strong and they're just coming at it there's just of course misunderstandings all of these things um, but what they do with their actions after that point just really allows them to come together and I just love it so much it just makes me happy every time um, I have seen it in the theater because Emily and I went to see it at like Almo Draft house like three years ago or something like that um, and uh, it's Just, I just can't say enough about it. I watch it multiple times a year. I mean, everything on my list I watch at least probably once a year. Um, And I assume Cruella's gonna be like on that as well. Uh, We'll see with time. But uh, Pride and Prejudice, it is, I mean, sometimes once a month, you know? Like, I am watching it that much. And it's not a, I've had a hard week. It can be. It's not a, there's no particular feeling that I'm just like, oh, well, I think I'm going to watch Pride and Prejudice. It's all the feelings. It doesn't matter how I'm feeling. I'm always down. (laughs) Is it,
0: how does it rate with the other Pride and Prejudice movies that come out all the time? Um, I mean, like what makes this one rise above? Yeah, because there's like miniseries and other movies. There's all
1: those things. I think it's just kind of the genuine nature. She gets into it Uh, she gets into it a lot more it feels a lot more real and less like proper you know because I feel like the other other incarnations of it I think Robert Ebert said something they had a very uh, masterpiece theater whatever it is that uh, is on whatever whatever uh, but it, it just has a different feel to it. Like these are classics and we are treating them as such. They are well acted. They've got great actors in them. However, they just have a, we approach it from here. She just takes it to a different level.
2: It's almost like what I said about The Princess Bride. You, you just can't recast it. You
1: can't. This you was, cannot.
2: This was You like this version because it's and, really well casted.
1: Yeah, it's really well cast as well as, you know, like, I mean, there are times when, I mean, like... Her hair is just coming out and it's not attractive, you know, like it's, she's muddy, you know, they've been walking, this is, takes place in a rural area, you know, like things aren't beautiful. She's walking through their backyard and there are pigs out there and there's laundry hanging everywhere, you know, and that's just the reality of her time, you know, her family, even though they're well off in that area, you know, they're still, they still live in a rural area. He's, Fairly poor by any like uh, gentlemanly standards, you know, only bringing in a thousand a year or whatever, you know, like,
2: Hey, that's how much I make. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, But it's just, it's just real. And the cinematography is just incredible. There's a part where she's standing on a cliff, like looking off into the distance, like thinking about life. I don't know what she's thinking about, but there's wind. It's just freaking gorgeous. It's green. It's like, she's, I don't know. Uh, It's it's amazing. There's, oh, God. There's one point where Mr. Darcy, like, hands her up into her carriage and she kind of looks back at him and her her jaw is kind of like, because they don't like each other, you know, and he's taken her hand and kind of lifted her into it and then just walks away. She just kind of looks after him, a little bit confused, and you see there's a shot just of his hand and he's holding it kind of normally and then he kind of like clenches it and you know like there he's affected you know that but that's the only way you know there's another where like they have they meet out in this like field there's fog he's like walking across like your ovaries kind of heave a little bit because you're like (laughs) he's got just this coat and this undershirt and you're like damn it damn Mr. Darcy (laughs) that's a great scene Um, I don't know like When she's, he asks her father for her hand or whatever, you know, like you see she's pacing outside the door and then he comes out, they kind of look at each other and she just walks in and her, her father's like, close the door, Lizzie. And he's in there and he's like, I mean, obviously, you know, he's a good match, but do you really, you know, do you like him? You know, because she's his favorite daughter. He's like, there's a quickness about her. You know, um, and she said, I do like him. And she's like, I love him. And she's like tearing up and like also just giddy and just trying to get all that out. And he like kind of tears up and starts laughing. And he's like, you really do. You know, he never thought that would happen for her because she's she's intelligent in a time when intelligence is actually a negative for a woman. Right. You know, Um, and that's always been something that he's appreciated and lauded, but doesn't in real life you know
2: I've seen the movie I've not seen this version of it oh, so I must it's my favorite I must watch it
1: it's my favorite yeah oh, just like all the things I have zero posters of it you know I've had no birthday parties Um, but if I had come up with a rubric it would hit all of them right.
2: <laughs> just if you do have a theme birthday party with it give me like six months so I can work on the abs a little bit
1: <laughs> and,
2: and truck in a bunch of sand you, you
1: never you never him shirtless, he has a shirt on, I get you know. Okay. <laughs>
0: We're
1: gonna have boiled potatoes, have, what, excellent boiled potatoes, right? I mean, even yeah, their cousin, Mr. Collins, what a great character! You know, he's awful, but hilarious and wonderful all at the same time.
2: Do you want me to read back the list in order because I wrote them all down for us? Yeah, sure, okay. I did too. So, uh, from 15 up, we have 12 angry men. Beverly Hills Cop, Cruella, Green Book, The Empire Strikes Back, Finding Forrester, The Princess Bride, Pulp Fiction, Ira and Abby, The Sandlot, Fight Club, Keeping Mum, Amadeus, Die Hard, and Pride and Prejudice. That's a pretty good list.
1: It's a pretty good list. And none of us, not a single one. No repeats. No repeats. There wasn't a scramble for oh, well, which one am I gonna? Oh, no.
2: I'll give you the other five that were on my board because we me. we all wrote down ten, yeah. and then I'll, well, I'll, technically
1: I'll... I only wrote down like six or seven, okay.
2: <laughs> and then I have some honorable mentions, and I won't I won't hit on all these long. I'll just name them. Yeah, and any one of these could have been anywhere in the top five, or even not number one, but anywhere in the top five. Spotlight is very good.
1: Oh, very great movie. The
2: Godfather Part Two, mm-hmm. The Shawshank Redemption, The Fugitive, and Dumb and Dumber. Those are my other. Those round off Huge the top. Of it's so great.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Sh- Sha- great. I'm
0: surprised Shawshank Sha- Sha- Sha-
1: Well, list. I know. I do love Shawshank. Here's,
2: here's, it's funny you said that. Here's my honorable mention ones. And I can't talk about Shawshank long because I will start crying. Right. I can't, I think the longest I've tried several times, but I think about 35 minutes is the farthest I've gotten in that movie. Can't do it. It's tough.
1: Without crying, you mean? Without
2: turning it off. I oh. can't do it. Not really? It? Yeah, can't. Let's stop talking. Seriously, <laughs> oh. <laughs> cannot do that movie. Oh my
1: god, it's tough. So I, I, mean, I do a lot of fast forwarding sometimes. Yeah, the tough parts. Oof. That's
2: that's you in my honorable mention. Uh, other honorable mentions are The King's Speech, The Wrestler, Goodwill Hunting, Sleepers, To Kill a Mockingbird, Pale Rider, The Usual Suspects, and There Will Be Blood.
1: That what an excellent list. That's incredible.
2: Usual Suspects is great. Yeah. What do you got in your top? other five and maybe some honorable mentions Scott Uh-oh, here we go.
1: Uh maybe I should go first cuz I have Yeah, Bueller. go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I've got
0: The Goonies? Yes. Oh, great movie. I've got Point Break 91. <laughs> <laughs> I've got
2: Does he call him Utah in that? I can't yeah, remember. Johnny Utah. Utah. Johnny
0: Utah. Johnny Utah. The Burbs with Tom Hanks. Yes, okay. Ferris Bueller? Uh-huh. The Big Lebowski.
2: That's a good one. That is so up your alley. I can't I don't know how that didn't get in your top five.
1: I mean, yeah. You I mean, it's had that kind list. of like,
0: you know, it's hard to make that top five. And then like kind of what's in the five to ten is kind of more interesting than the top five, really. Yeah. Kind of
2: when you think about it, it's kind of like that Clifton Strength Finder thing. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> you can you can bait about them more and mm-hmm. why they are or are not there. Right. What and about the you?
1: struggle. Um, so I did not come up with ten. I came up with like seven or eight. But Shawshank was on that list. Yeah. So it was um, The Holiday uh, oh, yeah. I do enjoy that movie. I watch it a lot. Um, although the last time I watched it, it may have been because I drank a little too much, but I was like railing against the Jack Black character, who's really like my favorite. My favorite. Their relationship is my favorite one of the two because, like, the other relationship, it's like, oh, two pretty people together or whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's like, oh no. Um, so I think their their relationship's more interesting. But I got very upset recently about. I was just like. What? She's just like his second choice because his actress girlfriend, you know, like that kind of comes back around. Anyway, it was a, it was a whole thing. Scotty was very, uh, surprised, but (laughs) cause I was railing against Jack Black. He's my favorite character in that movie. But, um, anyway, and then the, the last one is probably crazy rich Asians came out in 2018. So it hasn't been out a lot. I've watched it a lot
2: there's one movie that i watched a lot that didn't make it should have made my honorable mention it probably should have made my top 10 i can't tell you why it didn't other than it's probably just kind of a farce of a movie and that's uh, tropic thunder mm. um <laughs> just good movie um uh, but yeah. it just i don't know i left it off for a lot of reasons right. but it's a good
1: watch what's the movie where they he can like go back in time when he like walter M- it's No, it's not walter minnie who
0: goes back in time
1: no, like uh, it's like a thing that's passed down from man to man. About time. About time. I do. I that should be like on my top ten list because I, I watch that a lot as well. Yeah, it has uh, Rachel McAdams
0: and Donald Gleason. I think is his name.
1: Sure, Maybe. I would have never come up with that name. <laughs> I don't even really remember what their names are in the movie, <laughs> but I do love that movie and I watch it a lot. Yeah.
0: One of my favorite, like, last five-year movies is The Big Short. I love, we love The oh, Big Short. we
1: watch that a lot, too. have seen it. It's a weird kind of comfort, discomfort movie. Oh, write it down. Write it down, Ricardo. <laughs> have you seen About Time? You should write that down, too. Mm-hmm. Okay.
2: <laughs> I got a lot of homework to do. Uh, got a lot of movie watching.
1: So much movie watching. A lot of popcorn will be had. <laughs>
2: I really think, I love this, uh the way we did this i'd really be a fan of if you did something where um maybe you listed the top a condensed version like the top three comedies top three dramas yeah. top three thrillers top right. three action and it, it doesn't have it. to be a big you know we don't have to elaborate on all yeah. of them but to break them down into those categories i think would be really really That'd cool fun.
1: yeah or like yeah. separate movie, episodes movie for since, each
0: movie since 2000 or oh, yeah. um Michael J. Fox movies, or like kind of something to where there is like a a place for us like to pit steal the other person's choice. Yes, and you have to like, Ooh.
2: yeah.
1: I don't know about that. <laughs> 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 uh, I think I think we have some words. <laughs> Damn it!
0: <laughs> well, come back anytime, Ricardo. Love yeah, to. Yeah, we love you. you. And. Make sure you drink your Thrive coffee. You can pick that up. <laughs> Mac and cheese is the discount code, fifteen percent off your first order. And uh, M and M's. Mac and cheese out.
2: The magic of... Go,
1: Shannon. I, it's not written down, Scotty. Thanks for being on the
2: show, Ricardo. I really enjoyed it. Um, it was a good time.
1: We already did that. <laughs>
2: Listen to more episodes of Mac and Cheese movies.
1: Yeah, you should definitely re-record this later. Because
2: no dogs were harmed in the making of this
1: Mac and Cheese. <laughs> <laughs> you should record this later because I think you just left out like everything with the, the ending.
0: My dog snoring. Mac and Cheese out.